Welcome. This is the Life Habits Podcast Series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 95, and the topic for today is Escaping Average. And that is actually the title of a book whose author, Cynthia Trapathy, is with me today. So welcome, Cynthia. Hi, Carl. How are you today? Great. And I'm delighted that you're with us on this podcast episode. And I just wanted to provide a little bit of context. I received an email from Cynthia some time ago now, and she's a listener of the podcast series. And she told me that she had written a book and that might be of interest to the listeners of Life Habits. And I get a lot of emails largely from publicists that uh, propose their authors be, you know, on the show. And, you know, very few of them are actually very interesting. Some of them are, and we will be following up on a few of those that we'll do on the show. But uh, Cynthia's email really caught my interest. It was different. She wrote the email herself. She had, I think, a passion that I thought was really authentic and admirable, and I wanted to follow up. So I did. I uh, got her book. I read the book. I loved the book, and I wanted to invite her to be on the show. And so now we have the time to spend together to talk about really the essence and really the content of your book. So I want I wanted to just start off first and congrats for actually writing the book. I think it takes, having written one myself, it takes some effort to do that. So congratulations, first of all, on writing your first book. I'd like to just start by you telling us a little bit about you. Uh, you talk about in your bio that you did really well as an undergraduate. You've been doing a number of different things and you're fairly young. Uh, you've actually done some significant things, I think, thus far uh, in your life. But I wanted to just start by getting to know you a little bit in terms of you know what your background is and what you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess I have a pretty uh, diverse background. Uh, I'm from Arizona. Um, I went to school, studied merchandising, business and photography. Shortly thereafter, I kind of packed up my bags and moved to Washington, D.C., which is an entirely different culture. And out there, I, yeah, I did a variety of different things. I have a background in personal training. I worked in the financial planning world for a little while. I've interned with a nonprofit. So just kind of trying out different things and kind of seeing where my journey lies. And it was while I was out on the East Coast. I didn't really have lots of friends. I had very little family. I kind of got into personal development just out of sheer boredom. And I was reading tons and tons of books on various topics, personal development, nutrition, finance, um, career, pretty much anything I could put my hands on where I could learn something. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what sparked my interest in writing this book is I have a lot of knowledge, not just based on the books, but also based on my personal life experiences from working in a lot of different industries and living in a lot of different places. I lived in DC for a couple years. And then I actually lived in, on the beach in Maui for about a year. So that that's kind nice. of a yeah, <laughs> it was it was a fun experience. So I've met a lot of different people throughout all this and learned a lot. And so I just wanted to kind of put everything into kind of a short, concise book that I feel that people could really gain some valuable information out of. And I really found it to be short and concise, and I uh, read it in sort of record time. And the thing that I would say to our listeners is that it's also very sort of straightforward. You're very, you know, practical in what you uh, advise, you know, in the book. Great that you put it together. And I typically ask anybody that I have as a guest on the show to bring along any inspirational quotes that you want to share sort of off the top of the, the program. And then we're going to get into the sort of substance. And, and we will not 
obviously in probably about a half an hour podcast be able to get into everything that is in your book because we want to encourage people to actually also read the book but I just wanted to give some real insights into the ways in which people who listen to the Life Habits podcast series get some insight into the ways in which they can change what they do so that they can escape average. Okay. I have three different quotes from the book that I think are really applicable to this podcast and to all your listeners. Um, The first quote is, life is meant to be prosperous and full of growth. And I truly believe that. I'm a big proponent for that. And I think a lot of successful people in this world can... um, you know, relate to that as well. A mm-hmm. uh, second quote I think is really applicable is baby steps can have lasting change in your life. Getting from step one to step 1000 is scary. Getting from step one to step two is manageable, achievable, and confidence boosting. And I think with this podcast being called Life Habits, that's very much the case with anything, you know, when you're starting out doing anything, whether you want to learn professional dance or sport or even write a book for that matter. It's going to take small, consistent effort on your part. Lastly, don't waste another minute not working on yourself. Be proud of this life you were given. Be proud that you want more. Be proud that you can live a more fulfilling existence on this planet. There's no greater joy than seeing your progress in your life. Those are great quotes and I think are, to your point, directly related to the overall theme of our Life Habits podcast series and also the kinds of things that listeners are trying to work on. And I regularly celebrate them and their efforts to actually do something in this space. And it's also the case that I think a lot of people spend time in reading books, um, self-help books, and listening to self-help type podcasts and don't necessarily make the changes. They may, you know, listen to this stuff or might read this stuff, but really, you know, getting getting going on. And I think the point that you were making in these quotes as well is there's huge opportunity for growth, for personal growth as well as prosperity. And the way to do that is actually to get going and do that step one. I think we've had a couple of episodes on those kinds of topics. But from your point of view, what got you to do the first step in writing the book for that matter? What was the first thing that you did that lots of people talk about? Oh, yeah, I'd love to write a book. You wrote one. So what was <laughs> what, what was your first step? Yeah, I think kind of along what you're saying, I mean, it's great to be motivated and inspired and to read. And I love it. I think knowledge is, you know, everlasting. I I don't think you could ever learn too much or enough. I think you can always learn. But where success lies and where true opportunity lies in this world is taking that knowledge that you've learned and applying and doing something with it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had this wealth of knowledge. I had all this research and knowledge and books and podcasts and blogs that I've just immersed myself in over the Mm -hmm. last few years. And I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book. So Mm -hmm. what does that entail? So I think the first step that I really did was figuring out why I wanted to write a book. And I Mm -hmm. think everyone needs to start with why, because if you don't start with why in whatever you're doing, you know, whatever your goal is in life, Mm -hmm. you're not going to have the motivation or the drive to keep going when it gets hard tough because Mm -hmm. everything gets tough you know whatever you're trying to do like I said learning anything new or writing a book or maybe you want to start a business or advance in your career it's going to get tough so I Mm -hmm. think the very first thing everyone needs to do is start with your why why do you want to do the thing that you want to do so when you 
discovered the the why of why you wanted to write this book to write that down did that start you know your first chapter i mean how did, how did you really get rolling on writing it yeah so i started with my why and my why was to inspire people to take action mm-hmm. it was really what i wanted to do when i thought okay what's the best way for me to put that into a book format and i've just noticed that so many people are you know, just kind of leaving, leading these average lives. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that there's just more to life. And mm-hmm. like I said, the point of life is to progress. So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to write this book on how people can kind of spark momentum in their life to escape that mediocre life. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just started out with kind of mind mapping. Like mm-hmm. I just threw all the ideas in my head onto a big white poster board. I went and got one of those huge poster boards like, you know, kids use in school for projects. And mm-hmm. I just started mind mapping. I think I just mind mapped for about 20 minutes or so and just wrote down everything that came out of my head mm-hmm. um, based around that topic and inspiring people and how people can escape a mediocre life. And so that's kind of where I started with the why and the mind map. And that helped me outline the different chapters of the book. And then once I did that and kind of had like top subtopics for each chapter, then I was able to mind map even further and mind map each chapter of the book so that mm-hmm. when I went to actually write the book, I had everything outlined out. And so then all I had to do was write it. So that also, I gather, the why and the kind of mind mapping you did led you to this title that is quite frankly really get your attention. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would want to escape just being average. And right. I think, you know, you strike me in the, the emails we've had back and forth and also just meeting you, you know, virtually now as well is a very sort of driven, very passionate person that is definitely herself trying to not be average and trying to uh, yes. really push <laughs> push the envelope, so to speak. So were there other titles that you were thinking of or did, did Escaping Average, was it the one that really sort of nailed what your why was all about? I, you know, I worked on the title for a few days. I just kind of, kind of with the whole topics of the book and the content, I started mind mapping titles when it came to that point. And I struggled finding a title for a while. And I, you know, escaping average, something about that just kind of, I feel hit the nail on the head with what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to reach with my audience, you know, is like, I really want people to escape average. I don't want people to settle. I want them to be inspired to take action, small daily actionable steps to achieve more in their life. So that's kind of how that title came about. That's a great title. I think it's very, very catchy. Thank you. And I think people will uh, gravitate toward it and want to read it. So you also organize the content. I mean, you could have chosen any number of topics and the like, and we won't be comprehensive in covering all of them. But I did ask you to sort of just summarize for our listeners what some of the key areas are. And maybe we want to start to just work through what some of those are. Yep. So basically my book, it's divided into six sections and those six sections directly correlate with each area of your life. Now there's six key areas of everyone's life, spirituality, your mind, physical health, um, your career, your finances, and your social life. Every single person, you, me, all our listeners have those six components as part of their, you know, their life here. Um, and I, the first kind of topic I wanted to touch on was your mental state. And I'm going to start with that because it's all about your thinking. Now, I listened to uh, one of your podcasts recently. Um, I forget her name now, but she was talking about your mental state and your thinking and your mind habits and how they directly affect every other part of your life. Um, so I just think it's important. I think our mind, our thoughts 
sometimes can prevent us from doing the things that we want to do. Um, and, and you hear that a lot with people like in the fitness realm, you know, people running marathons, ultra marathons. I mean, it takes a lot of mental stamina. And that's where that phrase mind over ma- matter comes into play. You mm-hmm. know, like your mind will quit way before your body ever will in those situations. And mm-hmm. that kind of is true for every other part of your life, you know. So I think really focusing on developing your mental fortitude and your mental strength is really key a key part of your life if you're going to want to achieve you know greater success um so your thoughts you know being able to recognize your thoughts and not attach with them because we constantly have negative thoughts that's human nature you know Mm -hmm. um so that's one part of it um i think also being grateful i mean we hear this all the time just being grateful but it's true i mean You need to appreciate the things that you have now, although you may have different plans for your life in the future and you want you have goals and you want to achieve other things in your life. You still need to be grateful for what you have now. And I think that's going to really help ground you and help you stay focused and mentally alert. And also just giving. I think giving to others is a big part of taking care of your mental health, Mm -hmm. taking care of your brain is you know, just doing things for other people, because I truly believe what you give back in this world is what you're going to get. I'm in particularly uh, intrigued and, and would love to get your insights on what of the various things you can do with regard to mental state that you really think is the most important, and maybe even from your own point of view, in terms of what mm-hmm. you do, we're going to do the next episode on mindful meditation. We've touched on uh, other oh, topics wonderful. related to it. And so what specific thing of all the things that you could think about that relate to sort of the general topic of mental state, and I agree, it's incredibly important. What do you find personally the most effective way of making sure that you stay focused? I want to say two things mm-hmm. to answer that question. And I, I touch on both these things in greater depth in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing would be gratitude because mm-hmm. I think, and you hear that all over the place. You know, I'm not the first person to say that. I won't be the last mm-hmm. person to say that, but it's so important. I think so many people can benefit from it and it's so simple. I mean, and I talk about it in my book. I think, and the second thing I was going to say is journaling. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is gratitude, And write it down in your journal, just like a daily three things that you're grateful for today, whether you do it in the morning, evening, middle of the day, whatever works for you. Just that recognizing what you're grateful for in your life, whether it be that day or in that phase of your life and writing it down. Something Mm -hmm. about how your brain works when you physically write something down onto a piece of paper, the connections that it makes in a different way rather than on a computer, Mm -hmm. you know, having a physical journal. I think those two things are so important. I know for me personally, when there's days that I'm not feeling my best or I'm having a hard time, sometimes what I'll even do is I'll go watch a documentary on, you know, maybe someone in a third world country, maybe that's struggling to get clean water every day, Mm -hmm. you know, like realizing, wow, you know, how much you are blessed with in your life because everyone has certain blessings and everyone's blessed with things other people aren't blessed with. And I think that's really going to help ground you when you feel like life's really hard or you're in a negative place and you're not feeling grateful. That's going to help ground you and keep you pushing forward when you realize you already have everything you need to be happy today. So let's start with that. So some gratitude and some mm-hmm. uh, some journaling on a regular basis, even on pen- pencil and paper, as you say, as opposed to right. necessarily electronically. And mm-hmm. also when you do get yourself sort of down to get inspired 
uh, with a variety of different ways of doing that to even reinforce how you should be grateful for what you have. What's the next topic area you wanted to cover? The next topic, which I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about, is your physical health. Um, I come from a health and fitness background, um, personal trainer for you know, over two years, I was certified for two years, but I've been knowledge versed in the field for over four, about four or five years now. Um, something that people, it's, I, I believe it's one of the biggest areas of life people ignore because it's too convenient not to, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think, especially, you know, in, in where I live in, in the USA, I mean, it's just, it's out of sheer convenience. And, what you put into your body, you know, think about it. You eat minimally three times a day and food is, it is the best medicine for you. And you find that when you treat your body well, that you have more energy, you're more mentally alert, you're able to work harder and longer and you're able to spend more time with the people that you love. And I think without your health, you literally can't do anything. You know, you can't spend time with your family. You can't, you know, work so hard on a business, you can't focus on your career, you can't focus on all the other parts of your life that you have goals in, if you physically don't feel well. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone can relate to that. We've all had the flu, we've all been sick. And it's a reality for many people who are struggling with disease. And, you know, it's not entirely preventable, you know, there's all sorts of different factors, external factors that contribute. But I think taking care of yourself is so important. And from for me, I, I know when I was younger, I, I didn't used to care. I used to eat fast food five days a week, you know, never used to exercise. And I think when I started taking better care of your, my, myself in terms of exercising more and drinking more water and eating just cl- a cleaner, healthier diet, I noticed an intense shift in the way I felt and the energy I had. And it's something that you don't realize you're missing out on when you don't. It's it's what you don't know, you know, kind of the ignorance is bliss kind of phenomenon. So you could take care of yourself because you never know how short or long your life is going to be. And why not take the effort to have more energy and a live a healthier, more strong and fit life in your role as, as a, a personal trainer and expertise that you have in there, that area, what's the best way you talked about earlier about starting off with, you know, just starting with the first step and just getting into the second step of doing this. If somebody isn't doing or isn't paying attention to their health and certainly isn't like working out or worrying about their, their physical being, what do you recommend? Like what, what's that first step that you think people should take? That's a really great question. So Kind of how my whole book is structured, I don't believe in eliminating stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're trying to maybe break an unhealthy habit, I don't believe you should eliminate anything. I believe in adding a mm-hmm. small, simple habit to your life today. That's what my whole book is about. It's broken mm-hmm. down into three tips per chapter, 18 tips. And so I have three tips in the health section. Okay, so I'm looking at someone who's not maybe not the healthiest and doesn't currently take great care of themselves but they want to Mm -hmm. but you can't like I said you can't go to step 1000 off the you know off the bat you have to start small so Mm -hmm. one thing I tell people and this is one of the tips in my book is hydration it's one of the simplest things you can do and so many people are dehydrated so many Mm -hmm. people don't drink water and right there I mean that's huge just by drinking more water you'll have clearer skin more energy your body will be just cleaner as a whole because you'll be able to flush a lot of toxins out of your system that's a great place to start you know like maybe you don't want to go to the gym for 30 minutes but hey Mm -hmm. what can you do today how can you start small today 
drink water. And I break down in one of the sections of my book in the physical chapter a great way to calculate how much water you should be drinking. So again, more detail on that in my book, but mm-hmm. it's it's simple when you really break it down and look at, you know, your body and how much water you should be minimally consuming a day. It's it's a fairly simple thing to just add into your daily daily habits. So things like that, things like just adding more, maybe have a side salad with your meal. Maybe, you know, you still want to have what you're having, but just add a side salad, you know, something that you're not currently doing that you can add into your life or something as simple, drinking one green smoothie a day for, you know, five days this week. Just things like that, adding simple daily healthy habits into your life because that's really going to spark momentum. That's going to help you take action to continue that habit and maybe build on it. So we've now, Cynthia, focused on our mental state. We are now, mm-hmm. we have clarity, we have focus. We're now doing lots of healthy things. We're e- eating well and we're going yes. to the gym regularly. Where are you going to take us next? Let's take us to your career because we all have to work in this world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess uh, uh, after we've kind of done those two things, um, and one thing I want to go back mm-hmm. and just kind of touch on is we didn't talk about the spirituality section. That is the first chapter of my book. And again, that's that's more related to believing that you have a purpose in this life. Um, and again, more detail on that in my book. But after those kind of three things, you've kind of worked on those things. Now I feel like you can focus a lot more on your career, you know, when you're feeling healthy, you're mentally strong, you're spiritually fit. Um, everyone has to have a job in this world. And I think, you know, we all have to put food on the table. So what I'm finding is so many people kind of default into something that maybe they're not necessarily happy doing every day, you know, uh, most people spend the majority of their time at work more than they sleep more than they spend time at home with their family more than hobbies. And it's easy, it's easy to fall into something that you don't necessarily engage with, because it pays the bills. And I totally get that. I understand that's the way our world works. But I also believe that you shouldn't have to settle to do something every day for the rest of your life if it's not something you truly enjoy doing now all not all work is enjoyable even when you're you know loving what you do work is always going to be challenging but I think that it's important for people to kind of recognize their strengths and see what they're good at and see what they enjoy learning about and apply that to making an impact and doing something that they feel like matters and fulfills them so when you applied this to yourself which you did initially uh, before writing the book what right. kinds of things did you do? Because you're still very early on in your career, I think. Um, yeah. And you've also done a variety of different things. What what right. kinds of things did you think through? I, I see a lot of people being influenced by, you know, what their parents want them to do or mm-hmm. think they should be interested in. And mm-hmm. to your point, they're not really looking at what they have a passion or a skill or they really think is important. Tell us a little about you, what your own, you know, thought process was in terms of where you've arrived at thus far. Great question. I think for me, it was kind of starting in two places. And it wasn't that I was necessarily happy with what I was doing either. You know, I've had a lot of jobs in the past where I haven't necessarily enjoyed them. And even what I do now, I mean, I work for a great company, but it's certainly not what I see myself doing long term. But for now, it pays the bills. And it's a great place to be at the moment. But I Mm -hmm. think outside of that, I really focus on learning. I focus, I I listen to podcasts such as yours daily. I read a lot of books and I take action. You know, I wrote the book. You know, Mm -hmm. I do other things on the side. So I think that's a huge part of it too is not just, don't just sit on the sidelines and dream about something. Take some action. Take some small steps. Like 
learning. I mean, I've been learning so much about personal development and online business is something I've really, you know, dove into over the last month or so. Um, So I think that's a huge part of it. I think another something to recognize, another thing I talk about in this chapter in my book is recognizing your strengths. What are you good at? (laughs) Because you could be really, really, really good at something and not utilizing that at all in your career. And ultimately, that's not going to fulfill you in what you're doing. You know, what you do and what you spend your time with, you have to be good at it, at least somewhat have a strength in it to develop. (laughs) You have to have some interest in it and it has to bring you some joy, you know, And so I think just being able to recognize what are your strengths? What are you good at? Asking other people, you know, because sometimes you're not able to see what you're good at. Other people around you in your life are. So I think those are two really great places to start for people that aren't necessarily happy with what they want to do, but maybe they don't know what they want to do. Start there. And one of the aspects of career, and obviously not the most important, although some people I think are inappropriately focused on the kind of money they're going to make doing a job. But to your point, you really want to make sure that it's it's a skill that you're you know good at and that you have some passion for and the like. But I think that also takes us to your next category or topic that you wanted to talk about as well. Yes, it all kind of just snowballs into the next one, doesn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So personal finance, I mean, I, I talk about career first because you have to have some source of income in order to have money to manage personal finance now being in good financial health matters i mean it's it's striking most people don't have enough cash on hand for a life emergency or a car repair if they needed it tomorrow so i want to inspire people to take a healthier look at their money at their income at what they're spending and where they're spending it um you have to take a look at your finances as a whole and analyze how you can manage it better, see where it's going. Most people don't even know where their money is going, mm-hmm. you know? So again, whole theme of my book is start small, start at a simple, actionable place. Something as simple as just l- really taking a look at what you're making. And I, I want to say, you know, I know it kind of turns people off, but budgeting, not saying that you have to necessarily follow the budget so strictly week by week, month, month by one, month, but it helps you really see where you're at financially. Mm-hmm. When you're able to look at, okay, how much money am I bringing in? How much money am I spending on you know, life's necessities? What am I spending on elsewhere? Just taking a look at that overall picture, so many people don't do that simple thing just to recognize, okay, where am I at? Mm-hmm. Very, very important because ultimately, you know, you're going to need an emergency fund at some point to have you know, just for your own security, things like that, just really important. I mean, our world runs on money and it's important that you are able to take care of yourself in that matter. So if we've now, Cynthia, dealt with all of these things that we've talked about, there is still at least one other, I think, category that you think is really important beyond the mental state, beyond being healthy and having a great career and managing your finances well. What is the last category that you wanted to touch on? The last category in my book is your social life. That is your relationships with other people, friends, family, acquaintances. Um, Humans are entirely relational beings. We're relational creatures. Now, you can have the best career in the world. You can have millions or billions of dollars, but without relationships, it wouldn't really matter much, right? We need each other in this uncertain world, and we need other people in our life to thrive. You know, you can't 
do anything alone. You can't get through life alone. You can't get through hardships alone. And I think you have to cherish your relationships that you have and also build new relationships. I think when you really focus on building relationships with people rather than short-term gains, that's really going to fulfill you ultimately after, you know, if you look at all these parts of your life together, you know, they're all kind of interdependent. No one part works in isolation. Look at all these pieces of your life together. And I think relationships above it all are are really crucial to your fulfillment in life, you know. So a lot of relationships now are also kind of mediated by technology. And so a lot of the time we are communicating with people on Twitter or Facebook or, or Instagram or Snapchat and the like. And then some of the time we're actually physically with one another. Of course, some of the time, even when we're there physically, we still are are electronically communicating. But do you have any thoughts on, there's obviously the physical and the digital version of relationships. Any thoughts on kind of the balance in those or how to to manage, you know, those effectively? Absolutely. I love that question. Um, It's funny you ask because we are entirely in a digital age and I love it. I think technology has really advanced our society and our world in ways that we never thought could be. You know, I, I, are you currently in Europe right now? No, I'm back in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're in Canada yeah. and I, I'm in Arizona just to get our you know, listeners yeah. an idea. So technology is great for things like this. You know, we're able mm-hmm. to communicate and I love that part of it. But I also think that a lot of our society has become addicted, in a sense, to the technology. And I have, personally, I have a strict rule at the dinner table with my family that we are not allowed to have cell phones at the dinner table. Whether we're eating dinner at home or out somewhere at a restaurant, strict rule of mine. Because I do think that we get distracted sometimes more by what's on our little iPhone or Android screen than by the person across from the table. I think that technology is fabulous, but I also think it's important for us to really cherish that one-on-one time with another person. You know, instead of being on Snapchat or looking at the world through a lens, just look at the world. (laughs) Look at the people around you, you know, like be truly present. Now, there's this phenomenal book by Eckhart Tolle called A New Earth, and he talks about the uh, big, large theme of his book is just being present, not living in the past, not living in the future, just being present with what's around you. And I think when you're physically present, whether that be out in nature or out with the people that you're with, it's really going to add more value to your life and fulfill you in a way that you can't be fulfilled through a computer screen or an iPad or an iPhone. So I I believe it's important to really be physically there and not just through a lens. There's an interesting practice that uh, some friends of mine and colleagues of mine do where if you're at a, a dinner like at a, at a restaurant, everybody puts their phones mm-hmm. in the middle of the table. Yep. And the first person <laughs> that grabs for the phone pays for the bill for everybody for dinner, right? And so yes. uh, that's yes, an interesting I've heard one. of this. But the, the other thing I wanted to just ask about, there was a time during your life that you said in the early part of this session that you didn't have a lot of social contacts. Uh, but I wanted to ask you if listeners are in a situation where they're saying, you know what, I agree with Cynthia. That I really think that social is really important. I just don't have an, enough friends. Let's say it's, it's young people that are listening and there's a fair number of people that are sort of your age listening to this podcast as well. What's a strategy they can use to kind of reach out and develop some more friendships? Yeah, great question. Um, For me, I found when I didn't have people, I was really lonely. And Mm -hmm. I think 
lot, everyone can relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's been lonely at some point in their life, even if they've had tons of people around. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really dr- detrimental feeling to a lot of people. I think it causes a lot of depression in so many. And it's something that we can we can really take action mm-hmm. to prevent that, you know. One thing, a few things I learned when I was in that situation in a completely new city across from anything I'd ever known before was it forced me to do a lot of things I would have never done. Like, for example, one thing that helped a lot was we were just talking about technology. I didn't have a TV, Mm -hmm. so I didn't have friends and I didn't have a TV. So what I did was I just got out. I would go, I joined, um, I joined a few social groups um, and there's tons of resources for that. You know, meetups, you could find different organizations. Um, if your religious churches are a really great way to meet other people. Um, I just put myself out there. I started going to different groups and gatherings, hiking clubs. Um, I started volunteering. I volunteered at a, at a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. Um, uh, based on a mission I was really passionate about. So different things like that. I, I forced myself to get out into the world because it's easy when you're not comfortable to just stay at home where you're comfortable, you know, and kind of hide away from the world. And you have to put yourself out there. And it's through consistently going somewhere. Like maybe you joined a, a sports team, for example, if you want to meet other people who are into baseball like you are, for example. It's that act of seeing those people on a daily or weekly, bi-weekly basis is when you can really begin to form relationships with other people rather than just seeing them once or twice is really recurring seeing them consistently. Um, and I think another thing that really helped was, like I was saying earlier, when I didn't know a lot of people, that's when I started learning a lot and really diving into personal development and how I can improve my life. So I don't think that Maybe necessarily if you're alone right now in your life, you feel like you don't have a lot of people around. I think that use that to your advantage. You know, take every opportunity you have that maybe isn't ideal and turn that into a, a positive thing and an opportunity to learn more, get yourself out there. Excellent advice, Cynthia. And we've covered now a number of the sections of your book and some of your background and the like as well. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask, is there anything else that I may not have asked about or that we haven't talked about that you wanted to still cover and make sure that listeners sort of knew about or uh, things that you wanted to share? Yeah, I think I just want to end on this. I think the truth is that If happiness was our life's purpose, everyone would be happy, but we're not. We're constantly looking for more to make us happy, and it's it's this never-ending cycle. Life can always be better, you know, like what you have today could be better tomorrow. But what I believe is in life enrichment. I believe that in life we are here to learn and grow and become better versions of ourselves, That's what my book aims to do. It's to help people get started on this journey by sparking momentum to take action. So that's really what I want to inspire people to do. Like, I think it's great that you're listening to this podcast. I think it's great if you read my book, but I really want you to take that action. And like I said, it doesn't have to be this monumental thing. You don't have to go, you know, build a refugee on the other side of the world or, you know, go run a marathon tomorrow. Just take a small, simple step today that's going to be better than you did yesterday. Awesome advice. 
And uh, this has been a great conversation, and I very much enjoyed reading your book. I highly recommend it to all the listeners of this podcast series as well. I think you're an inspiration. I think your uh, your passion and your drive are, are infectious. And so I want to wish you all the best. But before we finish up, I wanted to just ask you to share where listeners could find your book as well as how they can get connected to you and follow you, you know, on social media and that as well. Absolutely. So uh, my book is on Amazon. If you just type in Escaping Average, I should pop up. Um, you could go to my website, sparkpositivemomentum.com. Um, there's a link to my book right on the homepage there for you as well. I also recently started a blog last week, just launched that. So go on to sparkpositivemomentum.com. You can find more great content on there. Um, I'm on Twitter at sparkmomentum. Feel free to follow me and Instagram at uh, sparkmomentum as well. Great stuff. So Cynthia, thanks so much for being on the podcast series. Thank you so much for having me, Carl. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to everybody that's listening as well. And make sure to also just go to the iTunes page for this podcast series. If you have any comments, if you have any ratings that you want to share there. Also, if you wanted to write directly to me, it's lifehabits at gmail.com. And you can also go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash lifehabits as well. That's it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next time. And bye for now.